Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It is episode number 77, and I am your co-host, Nigel. I am Taddy, content creator and co-host. And our guest is returning for the third time, I'm going to say, manga creator Inko. Inko, welcome back to the show for what I believe is the third time. I think that's our time too. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's great to come back. All right, I was thinking, yeah, because I was trying to remember those episodes in my <laughs> in my head. But uh, I know you were last with us for episode 46, like all the way back in 46, where we talked about The Wind Rises, um, Heo Miyazaki. So we're going to feel that name is going to come up uh, again, even though we're not talking about one of his films. Um, but that might come up. So you can subscribe to Story X Story on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. You can always uh, send us your feedback and questions to feedback at mymatter.com, drop them in our Discord, or throw them at us on social media. We are at mymatter on Twitter, at mymattertv on Instagram, or at Tazzy on both. Before we get started with talking story, let's check in with what's happening in the Maya Mada universe. And actually, it's a good thing we have Inko here because Inko is one of the few people outside of the Maya Mada team that has seen the story for Sirius Through the Fog, which is nearly ready for print. In fact, as people are listening to this, it should be all done, he says, knowing he's recorded. <laughs> but I'm going to keep going. So yeah, we are uh, making good progress. I think at the time of recording, we've done all but two of the pages, like finished. So Penali's like inked and, uh, and everything. So yeah, I feel pretty confident this time about saying uh, it's, only, it's almost done. And I've been saying this for the, the whole year, pretty much, but um, it really is uh, really is there. So uh, very glad to be uh, getting at that past the finishing line. And Inco, for those that don't know, has also done a variant cover uh, artwork that we showed. We showed on our mid-season live stream. We showed a rough version of it but it's been finished. Uh, thank you, Inko, for that. It's really, it was really pleasure to join in the Maya Mother universe. It's, I really enjoy the drawing though. Oh, wow, it's really good. Yeah, and it's also good to have you do something Maya Mada, considering uh, you were one of the artists that we, <laughs> that me and Lau came to like at the very beginning when we first had the idea and it never actually got to do anything because uh, we had ideas way too big for our, ability at the time <laughs> um, but uh yeah took us the best part of a decade but here we are <laughs> like, working with you. that was really fun yeah yeah so people will be able to see that uh in october when it is in print and you can actually get it another piece of manga that we're doing uh that won't be in print at least to start with but over the summer we have done a bunch of olympics and paralympics storylines so what we're going to do is we're going to put all those together and make them available as one single digital comic that will be available to people on our mailing list and also in our Discord. So be in both. Yeah, you should be in both just to keep up with what we're doing. So yeah, you'll be able to find uh, Olympic storylines like four coma gag comics that we did uh, and Paralympic storylines uh, all wrapped into one. So also looking forward to uh, getting that out as well. Uh, when it comes to video games, we have a lot coming. So in terms of our Studio 77, at the end of the month, we are doing our games night for Overcooked. So that's going to be Thursday the 30th 
of September from 7pm. We are going to be playing, if you haven't played it, it's basically you make food, but it's very frantic, relies on a lot of teamwork. So I wonder how that's going to go when we do get to play that. Our last team game didn't go too well. So I don't know, but I think Overcook will go better. And we'll, we'll enjoy this a lot more so you can check that out before that we actually are, are doing a comics related live stream uh, on the 16th of september for a comic scales and scoundrels so we're doing our first story club it's kind of like book club but with comics and maybe video games in the future but we're going to be doing a deep dive into this graphic novel with greg driver who is the host of the ace comicals podcast and erin angelini who is a colorist and illustrator. So yeah, we're going to be digging into this story. Further down the line, we have our Autumn Gamepad online event. Uh, this is going to be on Saturday, the 16th of October, live on Twitch and hosted by Tazzy. Uh, we're going to be bringing the Friendly Fire competition. We have a mix-up, a different mix-up of games. So we've got, uh, well, we've got Overcooked, we have Rocket League, but we've, we're going to, do some random settings uh, and mess with people there. And then we've got Knockout City. So we have teams uh, competing over those three games and we're going to be streaming that uh, over Twitch. I will also be doing interviews and a panel with junior level developers at some of the biggest companies in the UK. That will be revealed over time, over this week and over the next few weeks. So I'm going to be doing two interviews and a panel breaking into games, fact versus fiction. So we're going to be talking about what it's like to get your first job in the games industry. So what's the uh, perception versus the, uh, the reality. So if you're interested in getting into games, definitely one uh, to keep an eye on because we're going to be talking to people who've just got their foot in the door to find out what that's all about. So those tickets uh, are free to that event and we'll be doing new artwork to mark the event. So the high-res autumn artwork will go to Discord uh, members, and then one lucky ticket holder will get a printed version, uh, so on canvas, sent to you of the artwork. So stay tuned, follow us on social media. When we get the artwork done, we will reveal that. Uh, so that is what we've got going on so far. Let's find out what everyone's story of the week is. So this is the awesome part of the podcast where we talk about what stories everyone has been reading, watching, playing over the, well, you know, whenever you've watched it, <laughs> I guess. So we will start with our guest, Ingo. What have you been yeah, because of the last time, the Sharp 46, when we were talking about The Wind Rises, we were talk briefly discussed about what we are watching like this, um, that's this time. And then Tazzy mentioned about Little Nightmares, uh, the game. And uh, and one and two is available at the moment. And I finally watched uh, the game through, uh, a game playthrough. Not actually I am playing the game, but I really love watching on the YouTube people playing the Little Nightmares 2. And then it was amazing game, um, like Tazi already said, but it was really beautifully depicted the like, visualization of your anxiety or fear. And then it was really well expressed. And uh, I, I'm not really person with so many fears already, like fear of height, fear of darkness, or fear of the doors, even. And then that's really some of the parts. Did you say fear of doors? 
Ah, sorry, dolls, like human figures, statues. Oh, oh, dolls.、Yeah. Oh, okay, I, I thought you said dolls. I got several fear of them. Yeah, so I don't like being alone in a museum full of statues. Really, like my, one of my fear. Oh、and、wow, then, I did not、yeah. know that. Okay, <laughs> I got so many fears, really, and then particularly this little nightmares too has got like、uh, so many different locations, so many different fears, like. Really well depicted, like really like a visualization of my own fears. Quite a lot of places, so sometimes I have to shut my eyes <laughs> to look at because、uh, it's really it does something to me. And、uh, and of course, that's generally scary for probably most of the people,、uh, as the character is so tiny and it makes yourself really powerless and helpless, and that's also scary as well. It's just like when you're small and you're looking at the world, and this world is、so、full of everything, and then some of them really shocking to you, and、uh, it was really like depicted so good, and then yeah, that was really I've been watching recently. I'm glad you、uh, you liked my suggestion. <laughs> I enjoyed so much. Thank you for the suggestion. Yeah, I okay. So I'm I kind of got really back into anime recently. I forgot how much I love anime. I feel、like、I have been watching anime, but now the past like month and like two months, like I'm really I'm like oh yeah I love anime. So I watched Wave Listen to Me, and I really like enjoyed it. I'm so glad that I started watching it and picked it out because I think I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before. And I've mentioned it to Nigel about one, not about the show, but about one into like watch more, like adult based. Oh yeah, yeah, you said that anime and just things that are, like set in like relatable situations to be in an adult. And this is one of those ones. It's really good.、Uh, it is about a woman who accidentally becomes a radio show host. Which is kind of cool. She just ends up like running into someone in a bar about like an ex boyfriend, and he like records it, plays it on the radio, and and that's how her career starts.、Uh, <laughs> and it's just really nice because、uh, it's like there's a lot of things that are just relatable as an adult, <laughs> and it's kind of like a bit of a I don't know if you'd describe it as a slice of life. I don't really know. I think so, like a comedy slice of life. I think, think it's there.、Um, but yeah, it's just you know she works a, she works a, a part time job in a in a restaurant and she's constantly nearly getting fired because she's a bit loud and、uh, opinionated, <laughs> constantly asking for forgiveness and trying to keep her job, and she's like. I don't want this job, but I can't need it. <laughs> <laughs> Very relatable. <laughs> Very relatable, and then definitely、yeah. if you're creative as well, the whole like trying to trying to do、um, something that doesn't always have an amazing in- income and having to balance security with craft. Yeah, it's just like really, it's just it was really nice. I really enjoyed watching it. I might have to watch it again. Actually, now I'm talking about it. <laughs> Might go back to it, yeah. Definitely recommend if you're someone that's just just needs a break from like shonen. 
or just, you know, wants to look for more anime that's like more focused on like adult environments and workplaces rather than schools, highly recommend. It's very well done. It's very comedically timed as well. And then I've been, I started watching Fire Force finally. Finally, it has been recommended to me so many times and I finally started watching it and I was avoiding watching it because I was like, this is like one of those ones that is like really hyped up, really trending. I normally avoid those because whenever I'm just never, I'm hardly ever into them. Like haven't been able to get into My Hero Academia. haven't been able to get into, I don't know what else is really trending at the moment. D- uh, Demon, Demon Slayer. Slayer. <laughs> yeah like I, i've just not really got into them i don't know what like i'm like and i was like watch more episodes it eventually gets good and i'm like i want it i want it to be good from the get-go because it takes time to watch them <laughs> fire force was good from the get-go <laughs> i watched it i love it i love the animation style i love um i love the characters Again, even though they are like younger characters, it's set in a workplace. So they're they're fire force. They're not firefighters. Oh yeah, and anyone that sort of thought this as well, like I did, there was about firefighters, like regular firefighters. It's not. It's it's just not. <laughs> Promise you it's full of all things wonderful about anime, you know, powers and and such are in it. But yeah, like I love the dynamics of the characters. There's just it's just so good so good there's like some of the animation styles they do i'm trying not to spoil anything but the way they create like atmosphere would be like to switch up the animation like the art style and then you know that it's portraying like a certain thing and i really love that like a very different art style like not like very very different but like trying to think of a specific scene that i can describe without being specific about the storyline like there's this one thing one scene where like something happens no this is just really hard to explain something (laughs) happens and then all the colors are dulled and like the drawing slight is slightly different it's like not as cartoony it gets more and it's like a serious part of the story and so the the drawing is more serious and the color tones is more serious and this a bit like how in full metal alchemist brotherhood they like switched to like a chibi oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah like it's used in that kind of way if that makes sense but yeah they'll do that with like color and and yeah i don't know i just like it they just they really do the um like the the deadpan comedy you know, like when something happens and then it's just silence. Mm. They do that a lot. And it works so well. Like, it's a brilliant anime. <laughs> Recommend it. <laughs> and then Assassination Classroom. I started watching this like way, 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 <laughs> way back. And then because I was watching it with a friend, I was like, oh, I've got to wait for them. And then like, I just haven't spoken to them for years. I'm like, I need to just watch oh, wow. this anime. <laughs> And I'm like, so I watched it right from the beginning. And I'm like, I love this anime so much. <laughs> I was reading the manga for that. Was you? Um, yeah, I'm really early, but yeah, I, I like the story. I kind of want to get the manga because I was in this comic, I was in Forbidden Planet today and saw it in there, but they didn't have, they, they were on offer as well, but they didn't have one, two, 
<laughs> and then they were missing like other numbers but i was like well i've got to start with one and two and if they don't have those yeah, then yeah. <laughs> no point because they're really nice looking like and they've got such different covers but the same obviously they're it's to reflect Cora sensei's change in color and they're all different like versions of yeah. such great characters i love him so much like how can you love the the essential villain in the story like how d- oh it's so good so the characters in it are just so good it's so layered nigel what have you been watching before i convince <laughs> myself to uh just accidentally <laughs> disconnect and go watch anime and go watch that yeah okay let's pull you <laughs> let's pull you back uh, we've got an anime to talk about here so <laughs> So I'm going to mention two things quickly and then get into another anime. But um, I don't think we've done this before, but I'm going to mention a story that we're actually going to talk about on the next episode. So I'm going to mention uh, Free Guy because I saw that yesterday. So Ryan Reynolds is an NPC. Um, that's basically a story in a video game. And I, the reason I mention it, uh, I guess some measure of uh, self-promotion for the next story x story uh, or the one after the next one, which you should definitely watch. But also, I was surprised by it. I It's a video game story. It has Ryan Reynolds. So that was kind of uh, enough uh, for me. But I didn't necessarily have the highest expectations. Uh, and I don't want to say like where those expectations kind of eventually uh, were met or not. But I, I was surprised that I have a lot to say about this film for the next episode, basically. There's a there's a lot going on. And um yeah, I was just surprised. I was like, okay, there's a stuff to talk about. Not that we don't have couldn't create things to talk about in any episode for any story, but it is a very interesting story and I'll leave it there. So Tazzy, you still need to see it. I'll be very curious to see what you think of it overall. And yeah, <laughs> I can't because I, I, I don't want to say too much, but uh yeah i just i saw that yesterday i was uh very entertained and uh surprised by it i really need to go see it i have like two or three days that i have yeah. a chance to go see it cool i right, will see make you maximize those uh those days very interesting uh film but before i get into spoilers on that also mention a video game uh that i've been uh playing which is horizon zero dawn uh, which i've had for a while because it was free on playstation plus sometimes so i downloaded it and then only just recently got to start uh playing it because i had to finish tomb raider which i did and then getting into horizon so i'm super early first few hours of the game but i can already see kind of what the uh the fuss is uh about so this is one of those i guess open world or like action role-playing games uh that you know sony uh playstation do so well at the moment so you've got this protagonist Aloy who is basically trying to uncover who she is uh and and the story around sort of her origins and her mother and she's in this world of machines that kind of I guess resemble like dinosaurs like dinosaur machines roaming around I feel like that's a good description of them (laughs) yeah okay yeah that, that kind of fits for me and like the early parts of the game, uh, it's quite cool. It's a tutorial essentially, but you're very young Aloy and you're sort of, you know, uh, as a very young kid, you're you're where you shouldn't be and you're learning things that uh, you shouldn't necessarily see. And you've got this uh, kind of mentor figure. So 
you and this mental figure whose name I've uh, forgotten, but they are outcasts, but he's like teaching her, you know, how to navigate the world, how to deal with these dinosaur machine uh, thingies. And then it kind of skips forward to Aloy as a grown up and um, she doesn't want to be a, uh, an outcast anymore. I think so, because to do that, to find out more about her origins and her mother, she needs to pass this uh, test. So it's like preparing for that. Um, so I've just kind of like opened up the world, just doing other quests, technically, I guess for other characters that are about. So just getting the hang of it. But yeah, I, I like where I like where it's going. So I will. It's going to take me ages to finish because I'm just like super slow. But uh, I will update over time. And then the one I wanted to make sure I mention is B Stars season two, which I finished because it's season two. I don't want to give too much away. But I will say B Stars is really good, and this season is kind of weird in yeah certain ways. It is uh yeah <laughs> it's weird, and uh, the main character uh, Lagoshi is just such a interesting, sometimes frustrating <laughs> guy to watch, but also in some ways relatable. Uh, just the amount of time uh, this guy spends in his in his own head is just mm. actually scarily relatable for me. So. <laughs> I feel like we need to talk about it after because, like, we I spoke to you about it halfway. Yes, you did. Through yeah. you watching it, so I want to off off podcast. Uh, okay, we'll do, <laughs> we'll do that off podcast. So, like, <laughs> don't want to spoil it for anyone. No, 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 I highly recommend. Like, season one uh, was great. Season two, I feel kind of continues, and it's very uh, introspective. So it's very like looking at the the nature of things and. One of the things that I can talk about this because, you know, they are all animals. That's not a spoiler. But they have this um, carnivore versus herbivore thing going on. And just the way the story is presented just makes me, just maybe like super aware of the differences. And I know that's what they were kind of paying for and how, how the carnivores being among the herbivores and just uh, the nature of uh, what carnivores do and, uh, and how they needing to deal with that in this world where people are coexisting. Uh, so yeah, it's very introspective uh, in that sense and as it goes and explores these other themes and other kind of deep concepts. I'll stop there because I just want to, yeah, off off podcast, we'll, we'll talk about that. But Yeah, you're creeping there. You're creeping. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I just felt <laughs> that. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just leave it there. I finished season two very impressed very i liked how it actually let me just stop there <laughs> let me just stop there that's what i've been and, watching um now we are going to go into the main discussion <laughs> yes let's go let's go let's end let's end this section draw a line b stars great now we are going to go into our main story discussion <laughs> today the one that we can talk more about is Your Name, the Japanese animated romantic fantasy film written and directed by Makoto Shinkai. So a spoiler alert, because we are going to get into all the details, or at least as much as we can decipher <laughs> from this film. But we're going to be talking about uh, as much of the film as we can figure out, or at least as I can figure out. Uh, so I will do a recap of the plot, and trust me, you will need it. But before we do that, Let's get some overall impressions, quick takes from everyone. Inko, uh, what did you think about this film? I just saw this film contains so many different emotions that 
of course there are happiness or romance or funny and it's comedic moments plus sorrow and shocking and uh, you lots of different emotions that uh, I've been shaking by watching this so total is really like a packed with uh, so much dramas and then I generally saw it's emotional and also very very beautiful film uh, as uh, art wise as well yeah, I don't know that if any people think that's you know every worse that's so many emotions, but I thought that there are so many different scenes and sections in the film, and uh, felt differently and each scenes. And yeah, that's what I felt. It's just so much difference thing that you know enjoyment you can get. And yeah, yeah, I felt that as well. How how what did you think, Tazi? This film's so beautiful, like. <sighs> Uh, I know because we're gonna get into discussions <laughs> about it. I'm like, I don't. What do I say? But yeah, I love, I love the whole um, ribbon, the time ribbon. Mm. Is that the best way to describe it? That's a way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a way. It's my way. And just like, just the beauty of how this this story unfolds, and it's emotional, and it takes you through like all of the emotions you know it's it's funny it's goofy and then it's and then it's like heartwarming and then it's heartbreaking and then it's it's so good (laughs) (laughs) and I just love how the whole situation works like the magic that exists in this and how time is used because I guess I guess it's a time mechanic but it is just, a time mechanic. It's a time mechanic. It is a time mechanic. And more unusual way of a time mechanic being mm. shown. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely a time mechanic. So <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll unpack that. I So as has become a trend, uh, if you've listened to this podcast, you know I, I'm good at just missing things. To be fair, this is of the things I've missed. This is probably the most recent. So I think it's, this is like 2016, but I still missed it. I was aware of it. Like I knew kind of what it was about, but I didn't know what, what it was about. Like I didn't know what <laughs> at the core of this film, uh, of this of this piece of art, really, what it was about. So, like Inko said, there's there's so many different themes and emotions, and it, it really takes you on a journey. It it starts out as one thing, and it goes into a whole deeper thing. But I just thought it was amazing. I think we've done this is what episode. 77 we've done a bunch of like deep dives and things I, f- I feel this is one of the best stories that we've we've talked about on this show like i feel comfortable in saying that it's like i was super impressed with just like it's a very beautiful story in terms of like visually but also like the themes uh and everything um yeah i was just uh i was just gonna go into this because uh, I feel like there's a lot we want to say, so I don't know. If, I don't know if we can do a, a quick thing on this, so let's just go into it. Um, I will do a recap. Uh, this might be a slightly longer than usual recap because it is a lot, uh, and I'm also going to try and get these names uh, right. So this story takes us to 2013 and the rural Japanese town of Itomori, where Mitsuha Miyamizu lives. She's bored of the town and really wants to be a Tokyo boy in her next life. Her wish is sort of granted when she switches bodies with Taki Takibana, a high school boy in Tokyo. They wake up as the other person and have to live through their respective days. The two initially believe they are dreaming, but eventually realize this is real. 
and begin communicating with each other by leaving messages. Mitsuha in Taki's body sets Taki up on a date with a co-worker, Miki Okudera, while Taki in Mitsuha's body causes Mitsuha to become popular at school. One day, Taki in Mitsuha's body leaves the ritual alcohol, Kuchi Kamizake. Did I pronounce that right, Inko? That's right. Yeah, it's correct. Oh, fantastic. Okay, yeah. uh, let's go on. Which is mouth-chewed rice sake as an offering at the Shinto shrine. Taki reads a note from Mitsuha about a comet that is expected to pass by Earth on the day of the autumn festival. The next day, Taki wakes up in his body and goes on a date with Miki, who calls him out on his preoccupation with someone else. Taki attempts to call Mitsuha, but cannot reach her as the body switching ends. Taki, Miki, and their friend Tsukasa travel in search of Mitsuha and meet at a restaurant owner and meet a restaurant owner who recognizes the town in Taki's sketch. The owner reveals that the town was destroyed three years ago and 500 residents were killed when a comet's fragments hit Earth. Taki later finds Mitsuha's name in the record of fatalities. Uh, hopefully people are still with me. Taki heads to the shrine and drinks Mitsuha's mouth sake, lapsing into a vision and seeing Mitsuha's past. He also remembers having already met Mitsuha on a train where she handed him her hair ribbon, which he has since worn on his wrist as a good luck charm. Taki again wakes up in Mitsuha's body on the morning of the autumn festival. He convinces Mitsuha's two friends to get everyone to evacuate Itomore by disabling the electrical substation and broadcasting a false emergency message. Taki heads to the shrine, realizing that Mitsuha must be in his body there, while Mitsuha wakes up in Taki's body. At the mountaintop, during sunset, the two sense each other's presence, but are separated due to contrasting time frames and cannot see each other. When twilight falls, they return to their own bodies and finally see each other. They attempt to write their names on each other's palm, but before Mitsuha can write hers, twilight passes and they suddenly return to their respective time frames. The evacuation plan fails. Mitsuha has to convince her father and mayor of Itomore to evacuate everyone. The comet's fragments crash to earth and destroy Itomore. Taki, in his own time frame, remembers nothing. Five years later, Taki has graduated from university and is searching for a job. He senses he has lost something important but isn't sure what. Meanwhile, Mitsuha has since moved to Tokyo. Taki and Mitsuha glimpse each other while on passing trains and are instantly drawn to each other. They race to find each other, finally meeting at the stairs of Sugar Shrine. Taki calls out to Mitsuha, saying he feels that he knows her, and she responds likewise. Having finally found what each has long searched for, they shed tears of happiness and simultaneously ask each other for their name. The end. So if you got all that, that was as uh, summarized as I can make that make that story. So let's dig into that uh, a bit more. What I am, the first thing I'm always curious to, to know, I, I watched this in English dub. Is that where you both watched it or did, did you watch the original Japanese version in code? It was the original Japanese version, but with uh, English subtitles. I could oh, see okay. two languages yeah, at the same time. Uh, have you seen the English dubbed version? Just a little bit on the YouTube, like trailers. Okay. Then, yeah. What about you, Tazzy? I watched an English 
dubbed for most of it both times. But the second time watching it round, which was earlier today, I did try and watch it for a bit in Japanese. But then I was like, I have a lot to get done. And <laughs> I am very early on in my Japanese learning. Uh, so can only understand a very limited amount of the words. But I did have the English subtitles on so that I could when I was like able to pay attention, I could sort of see differences, um, especially as I was really curious because there's a bit in the classroom where they're talking about golden hour and the twilight hour. And I felt like this was very relevant to like, they were trying to find a an equivalent of an English term, but there was a very specific Japanese term. That oh, because was... they say, they call it like magic time. Magic hour Magic and hours. golden hour. And then the, in the English one, it doesn't, well, as I know, golden hour doesn't make sense how they explained it. Because they were like, oh, photographers call it magic hour. And I was like, no, they don't. They call it golden hour. <laughs> oh, right. okay. So I was like, I need to, I need to know, I need to know what the uh, sub translation works out. And then they just don't translate the words. Oh. for those things and then they say oh older people like the older generation would use whatever the what they was trying to say was golden hour but like it's this and i was like interesting <laughs> so i was like that can't be the direct translation at all. <laughs> i was like it's like that is not it <laughs> people struggle to translate i guess <laughs> yeah yeah i was like that must be something that's just like really one of those things that's difficult yeah. To, to translate mm. and still make sense you know that's the thing yeah. I still get that meaning across yeah. I, need, oh, I, need to, I need to watch this again just because of the nature of the film but also I feel in in Japanese language with English sub I just I don't know for some reason I feel like you know I think we've talked about this like sometimes it you just watch one like the, the dub just like you mentioned Tazzy for convenience it's just just easier sometimes I, I just uh, feel that this story just uh seeing it in the original uh japanese would just yeah just make it better for some reason mm. i don't know if that's true but i just i just feel that yeah i want to watch it again in in japanese because uh, i feel like it would really like hammer in how to say your name and what's your name yeah, just rewind that last, <laughs> that last bit just over and over. Because I was like, I've noticed it in this because I've just come like in my learning and just been introduced to the 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 masculine way of sort of saying I. That's not really saying I, but referring to the me, which I just came. I was like, what do you mean? My answers was wrong when I was putting it in the app, and then <laughs> found out that there's like a a, a masculine term and then it was came up in the anime and because uh, i had the subtitles on i could see like the the sort of sub translation i was like oh this is like a real life level an anime <laughs> lesson to make that stick a bit better yeah yeah i thought that would be good to watch it again <laughs> yeah, <be> fun. <laughs> yeah. well yeah i was like interested to know any like differences especially like 
sort of Japanese to English and translating uh, phrases, but also like from story. Or wonder if there's any changes there. But yeah, this this story. So it, this became uh, as I was putting together the notes. I learned at the time it became the highest grossing anime film of all time, overtaking uh, Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away. So my question there is, why do we think that it took off so much? Because and we'll get into this. This is not a an easy plot. Like if you just look at the, the plot, like what happens, it's not necessarily an easy one to follow. So why do we think that this took just yeah, took off so uh, so well? I guess that's uh, one of the reasons that the film really makes the audience to think, like to watch again. Just knowing yeah. the story first, then watch it again. That's really like so you can fully understood the whole things that happened in the film. Also, another reason that's so popular is probably that's more like a down-to-earth realistic story rather than a spirited away that can, might, you know, sometimes dream of that can be happen to me, like uh, having a, like a person of the destiny somewhere in Earth and we yet to meet it. But might be, there might be a chance to, to see someone's so important to you and then I, I have a similar experience, like uh, walking down the street and then seeing someone. Uh, I think I saw this person somewhere <laughs> in my past, but uh, obviously, actually, not. But, you know, the, the kind of things, you know, started think, make me think, like, oh, maybe this person does something to your life or something, you know, th- something romantic. And then it's really, really hitches, I think, people like mind, you know, and also based on the real place, people can visit to feel actually that how the place is as well so and then also people just visit the pilgrimage the places too and there's so much way of uh, enjoying this story and uh, i think yeah i think there's a reason that's very makes very popular i agree with that i think it's a um it's one of those things where the meaning of the film is so uh i don't know, like so core to that <laughs> like human existence like this idea of finding like the exact essentially a soulmate Mm. so i think regardless of what happens in terms of the plot and we'll talk about like the mechanics of the the plot and and sort of traveling through time and everything but just that basic understanding because when you think about like stories when you boil down like what different types of stories are there's only a few kind of categories when it's like what is the story about and it's like you know sort of that idea of security or or danger or in this case love uh whatever it might be there's like a few categories that we understand as humans and this one taps into that <laughs> that one's just so uh so well so i i think that might be part of the reason because mm. i i sort of disagree with it being hard to follow i feel like for me why it works so well is because it does use a time mechanic but in a really easy way to follow because it's only in the very, very beginning, very briefly, and then at the end, when it's all sort of fallen into place, that you realise that there is a time mechanic. Other than that, but like through the main chunk of the story, it is linear. Like what you're following is linear, it all matches up, because they're, in their existence, it's it's the same timeline. Does that... but it's like when you break it down it's really confusing but how they've done it it's not it's very straightforward like it weaves together it very much and again because the themes are so strong Mm. it all matches or it it strengthens the theme even though it 
it will jump to different years and, mm. uh, and different but up places. until the end you don't know it's different years up until that like figuring that out point you don't know it's different years no that's true you you're well, living you know when, in it or kind of when he finds out when uh, Taki essentially finds out the person he's looking looking for died in a comet collision three years ago then it's like whoa that's <laughs> uh, that's a whole thing yeah and then that's sort of like the mystery on unraveling I feel like yeah but yeah, I feel like other than, like, there's no hint to them being in a different time zone. Well, there, I think there's really subtle hints mm. to them being in a different time zone up until well, not that time point. time zone, but a different, different, <laughs> a different time. Yeah, like different stop. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. this is not like a Yeah, I don't yeah, want to Japan, confuse it with, UK. like... <laughs> <laughs> they exist at different times. Yeah, like, I don't know. So I don't, yeah, I sort of disagree with it being hard to hard to follow because i've watched a lot of things that go do like time hops and they're so confusing because they are literally hopping between time but in this when when you're following it you don't realize you're not in the same time zone in the same time frame okay so it's not until the end when it sort of unravels that you realize and then i feel like it kind of answers your question so quickly well, that's how I felt anyway, that you don't get a chance to be super confused about it unless you're overthinking it. I was just going to say, so because my first thing, I was particularly curious as to how you found it, Tazzy, because I know we've spoken about time mechanics like on the show and off show, which I'm not going to yeah. use uh, as a phrase I'm going to use more often now. But um, so and like you have a thing about time mechanics being used badly or being done badly. Uh, not that I thought this was done badly, but it's one of those where if you i feel if you overthink it you can start to pick apart sort of oh this kind of thing is a plot hole or uh this thing doesn't quite match but for me is it's a it's a very much and i don't necessarily think it was done badly but i think it's very much the the sum that it's about the whole and i, mm. I feel the whole is art <laughs> and and you kind of don't necessarily think about it too much you just take the take the whole so you might give allowance for any potential sort of plot holes in there but you just don't need to think about that too much because what's being told what's being presented like is art (laughs) so just enjoy enjoy the art and then take that yeah definitely but you know i feel like this was well done and nearly tied with a ribbon because I, d- I don't know what potholes there were. Like, I didn't know them. In a, in a ribbon. <laughs> yeah, so. literally in a ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like it was quite easy to to absorb. And I think it was just so beautiful. That's why it like hooks you. And it really is. I mean, it's funny that it's sort of like competition is spirited away. Because I feel like that had the same effect. You just watch it and it's like beautiful. And it made me cry so much. But mm. And in both like happy and sad ways. Because yeah. sort of like... Take, you know it takes you for a for a journey and then again because so much of it is relatable like even just like the lives that they're living that their actual lives mm. <laughs> you know there's relatable things and they're almost like being a friend to each other and giving them each other friendly advice and it's just so interesting how they're such normal like they even argue but then they're never face to face and they argue and like that was there's a there's a scene where they're both writing on themselves in the mirror and they both essentially call each other stupid (laughs) 
by writing it on their faces and the way that scene is done and it's like them bickering but obviously they're not actually talking to each other but the way it's put it was brilliant and I feel like that the way they captured all those emotions with two people that aren't in the same room that aren't even in the same time that aren't in the same area like that don't yeah just like just everything about it was beautiful they just captured everything so well and as we mentioned spirited away in uh miyazaki because i i did see like mentions of shinkai being the next miyazaki there's always a, that's a weird thing when people put that the next da 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 when yeah, you can just be the first, first you yeah. yeah yeah so it's you know i can i can see why they'd make that comparison i guess some of the the differences where miyazaki's worlds tend to be very fantastical like just not real whereas this story is very much grounded in reality he says about time travel uh, uh story but it is very much this is real tokyo this is real real village all feels very real um versus the sort of out of this world settings of miyazaki even when there's a story set in in a real place like we talked about the wind rises which is like a semi-biographical biographical story it still feels kind of fantastical but your name just is just based it has that real world grounding which just makes it feel different but i can still see why they would made that comparison just because of the like the emotion uh in this story incidentally it's uh when i looked it up it's now the third highest behind spirited away and demon slayer which again trending that's the whole thing uh still haven't watched that need to need to get into that and uh the sort of funny thing i found is that the inspiration for this apparently some of it came from christopher nolan's interstellar another time hopping travel mechanic kind of film centered around sort of the power of love to transcend uh time uh, which i felt was ironic because christopher noland was influenced by uh, another anime film director satoshi Kon, when he made inception is borrows heavily from paprika so it all kind of feeds off each other that's art right just like uh, inspired by other other people and speaking of art this is a really really good looking film actually it looks incredible it always there's like a when i see things like this there's a there's kind of a wonder to it but then also in the back of my mind and i would say this speaking to with an illustrator uh, on the show just the amount of effort that has to go into that like because this is 2d animation and i know there are some merging of CGI and hand-drawn in this, but still there's a lot of work and like attention to detail to making these uh, scenes. Like, what did you think of that, Inko? Oh, this, I, oh, the thing I saw was very, very beautiful, particularly the, just like Tazi said, like a, a golden time, the magic hour, the time the, when the sun goes down and then we somehow meet each other, not really like a proper way of meeting, but kind of interact each other in a very beautiful time of the you know, on top of the, the place and then he's really like uh, you know it's a different way of using the sh- shading and uh, the color because they probably the director wanted to make a very special special time um it's really like a special occasion they can finally meet each other not like swapping bodies and, uh, 
of course, that's,、uh, you know, magic time in Japanese, they say, kataware doki or kawatare doki. That means, like, you know, that particular time, you don't know、uh, who they are,、uh, even you see the people. So, kawatare is、uh, who is this? Doki is the time. So, and then also, this is the time that the sun goes down, and then lots of things、uh, you see became so ambiguous, and then it's really vague. That's, People believe that there are so many magic things going to happen around at the time. And、uh, you might see that someone you really want to see, you know, or maybe even deceased loved ones. So it's really, especially this like, you know, magic hour scene, really, really beautiful. Also, so many other places like, actually exist and very detailed,、uh, well drawn background places like、uh, stations that Taki was dating with Miki or. Um, any other places like uh, uh, shrines and then like a beautiful Hida mountain that、uh, um, really makes you want to visit the actual places. Yeah, yeah.、Uh, it was really magical. And even the meteor expression is really like、uh, contrast with other beautiful, almost like, how、uh, can、uh, I can say, beautiful, very soft touch, or like, almost like watercolor drawing, but meteor expression really. Impact is using those primal colors, but you can see that's completely like a part of the world of the, this beautiful story. It's really like something like invader of the suddenly comes to the beautiful love romance. It, it really tells something changes on the story. And then, yeah, that was really effective. I agree with Inko. Like, everything was. Just so beautiful, it was like art, yeah. Like, <laughs> you could just you could literally、yeah. just pause this and just at any point and just look at it and just be happy. <laughs> and again, like, particularly with those golden hour moments, they were lit, they just looked like golden hour. Like, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> it was the definition of golden hour, like, wow, like. And again, like you could just pause it, and even the same with the, the meteor, how that was, how the colors for that. And it was, it was just so good looking. <laughs> and sort of, sort of the、um, lines they used, because you've got like the ribbon and how they draw the, how the ribbon would be shown. Yeah. And then the, the meteor itself, and it's in the sky, but then the drawings on the wall as well with the meteor. So every time it's represented, Uh, the lines kind of match up with how the ribbon is shown as well. Oh, right. Like、wow. it kind of flows together and just the, again, the colors, the colors, the colors are so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> We'd probably just talk about the colors in this because it's just such a, such a good use of them and such a magic, like the, it's magic that is in that has caused this or whatever. It's a spiritual, magical phenomenon. And just the way they use the colors to really highlight that and sort of bring you into that magic. And like I say, for a, a grounded film, because like I said, this is a film based in re- real world settings and it's very grounded, but the use of colors, the animation and everything、yeah. just gives it that. Like that dreamlike aesthetic, I'd say. Yeah, it's just amazing how, how they put that together and just, I don't know, just 2D. Animation is just that、uh, is just the one、uh, for me. Just like you can do so much. I mean, I love like 3D stuff and obviously what Pixar do, but there's just something in 2D animation that just when you do it、yeah. right, 
it's just something can't just uh, easily replicate elsewhere yeah let me not also forget the music because i felt just ev- everything in this just contributed to the themes and the whole and the, the art of the whole and the music is just just fit uh, I know we don't often always talk about the uh, audio side of things on on the podcast, but I just felt as I was watching it, it's like this everyone's pulling their weight, like every element of of this of this story <laughs> just pulling their weight. The music is adding <laughs> to this, uh, and I was looking at the soundtrack, which was uh, composed by Japanese rock band Radwimps. Um, which I now need to go and chase down um, when I'm feeling in this <laughs> uh, in this mood. But yeah, just captures like they say the tone of the animation themes and it just it speaks to the story so i feel this is a story where there is dialogue and there is you know people are talking to each other but there's it's just a higher there's a higher kind of language being spoken here and like the art the visuals and the music will add to that yeah i agree i yeah i want to i, just, I want to find more words to say i don't have any more um... words to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah even like the they they done like a lot with the with the sound effects and the comet like had this kind of twinkly I don't know how to describe sound. High <laughs> <laughs> pitch sound, like a king that sound. Yeah, like that. It works well. Yeah. And just I feel like they did use like built up music in certain spots and just just added to the mood. Just brilliant. So I wanted to, uh, we're going to talk about the characters. It was obviously grounded in these two characters, like the two uh, protagonists. And um, I try to remember the, the three times they met now. This escapes my memory. Oh yeah. So then you had the the first time that they were on the uh, on the train where Taki was not aware of uh, Mitsuha. And then you had the meeting at the twilight hour and then the end, and then they're all in like different, uh, different states and different uh, stages of this, I guess, relationship. Can it be called a relationship? I would say so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, uh, time. But yeah. So, and I felt like in between those moments, this is a film that just goes from just different, just such different emotions. So at the beginning, like I said, I didn't like I knew kind of what the film was about, but I didn't know how deep it would get and it started off as like a a body swap comedy basically and so it just had that humor the comedic element of just this guy being in this girl's body and uh, vice versa and moments like when uh, Taki is being put on a date with I've forgotten names with uh, Miki yes uh, who everyone at this restaurant uh, likes and uh, and uh, meets her through Taki has managed to get on a date. So then all the other like uh, waiters <laughs> are just angry at him. Like <laughs> you left with her. Like what happened? Tell us everything. So you had this um, yeah comedic element with the body swapping, but then it very much goes from the humor to very serious, very emotional. And for me, there was a moment where after the date and Mickey's like, oh, there's someone else. And Taki's like, I'm gonna find uh Mitsuha, so I'm gonna take take my friends, we're gonna go find this girl because like just I need to find this girl. And then you discover that, oh, <laughs> this this town has been destroyed and uh this girl is probably 
dead and that's a very just the tone just switches but it, it's it does it so naturally like it I don't know, like the ribbon, it just weaves into all these different types of stories and it just does it so well. It just takes you on this roller coaster journey. I think what sort of done it for me, like that moment that it becomes, I don't, well, a really well done thing to sort of tell you, like, this is now emotional, is they just randomly start crying. And then that's where, you, where they start the time, the, their connection starts to, like, they start to forget more or whatever. But they just, randomly start crying and they don't know why they're crying yeah, yeah. and i'm like i've been there maybe i've met someone in my dream and <laughs> or like swapped bodies because like it's so relatable it's like that emotional moment that you don't even realize you're emotional you don't realize that you care about someone enough to be that emotional and so it's like there's times like in dreams as well where you just because initially they thought it was all a dream but you have that like it the emotion feels so real in a dream <laughs> so <laughs> even when you wake up you just like you still carry that emotion with you yeah and then i they kind of continue the tears on from there like the walk I start and then they just keep happening and i'm like can you not please i'm already crying <laughs> <laughs> i know but then it will go back to comedy so even um because when tacky is in uh meets her body and he's just like just checking and <laughs> squeezing everything <laughs> just... <laughs> uh, and they're like uh meets yeah. her sister as well yeah just... <laughs> and the crawl the like ring style <laughs> ruled her and then she's just like um i'm gonna walk to school by myself so, today yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so just like the ability to just yeah just go into all these different kind of tones and um and still stay yeah. consistent with the overall theme and yeah i want to talk about some of these some of these characters and uh some of their their moments and what they kind of meant to each other so we had like i said the, the two protagonists and what was interesting to me is that they this is a film so it's this love story and a big part of that is this uh empathy so you have uh, Mitsuha and uh, Taki who are end differently than they begin. So you have uh, Mitsuha who's who's timid. Uh, Taki apparently is quick tempered because you. I think there's some of the things that his friends say after he's he's body swapped and come back into his body, where it gives the impression that he's he's mellowed out a bit while uh, Mitsuha was uh, in his body. But they both learn from each other and essentially become different people. So even the idea of Mitsuha getting Taki to go on this date with Miki because Miki, she essentially says you have a feminine side and uh, and that's cool. So that's not what he was not showing before. But And then vice versa, sort of uh, Mitsuha coming out of her uh, shell and yeah, just being able to learn from the perspective of another I feel as a cool thing to put at the the heart of the story where you see someone else's life and you experience and you you gain understanding through that way. I don't have a question on that. It's just a, <laughs> a comment. Yeah, I agree though. I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah so. I, I just personally thought why Mitsuha is so like reserved and a bit timid. And the relationship with her and her father the, kicked oh, off yeah. really cold. Actually, the, her father is so, it's more like a after the power rather than the family man. 
and it's really heartbreaking. And Mitsuhana uh, Yotsuha, it seems like a, he do love fathers, but it's like a, there's no space for conversation between the uh, father thing. So because Taki swapped the body with Mitsuha, he's more outspoken. Then he knows that like you know what to talk, what we need to talk about. You know, there's a important thing we need to talk about. Then he really mm-hmm. goes for it. So it's really like it changes the relationship between uh, the father and the Mitsuha. Really, like uh, solving a bit of a problem, like uh, almost like a required ignorance from the father <laughs> becomes a bit more like a father started noticing his daughter is. Also has got emotion, and uh, she's got will, and she's got also powerful as you are, kind of thing. And that's really a great development of the character, uh, sorry, character relationship of this movie, I thought. That's my personal opinion about the characters. Yeah, that reminds me of like the scene as well, like talking about how she changes their relationships with the characters around them. Is Obviously, she gets really badly bullied by... The kind of like yeah, I guess the, the, mean girls. the mean girls, the pop like the what appears to be like the popular group. And then um when Taki is in in her body, like he stands up for her and uh I think they're like in an in an art class and he just kicks the table towards <laughs> them when they're talking badly about her and the drama <laughs> yeah I, I, I actually love the animation of that bit it's so smooth because he like kicks the table and then goes into a cross leg and I was like I need to do this one day because <laughs> it was like <laughs> just one fluid movement and I was like that was pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> and sort of yeah yeah pushes her and then obviously the vice versa but then when they're back in their own bodies the effects of what the other person has done yes still exists yeah, and yeah. Like so they can't deal with that yeah so whether they've done something good <laughs> or bad in their bodies uh i think the funny bit is when they're like so we set some ground rules and they're like angrily <laughs> yeah <laughs> saying and i think mitsua says and Close your legs, legs, close yeah, your yeah. legs <laughs> when you're wearing a skirt. That's like 101 of being a girl. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, because just guys, you're just like, well, whatever. But <laughs> and he's like, stop spending my money. <laughs> it's just like, it's still going in your body. <laughs> so funny. Oh, oh I love it. <laughs> that was great. And also, I, I thought it was hilarious is the, the sister, mm. uh, Yotsuha because she's kind of like a, a drill sergeant because she just she's the one waking up uh meets us like every morning she's like drives in is like get up and, like, and stop touching yourself <laughs> <laughs> but then even so again even the, the the shift in tone because that was a like those are funny moments but then like inko uh mentioned you then see later like her the history behind like her mother and her father leaving and then it puts a different spin on that family dynamic, like the grandmother, the sister, uh, and meets her as well. And even because very early, there's a, a moment when her father, so he's the mayor, and I think he was campaigning. So he's out on the street, and then they were walking by, meets her with her friends. And then her dad called out something like, stand up, walk straight, or something like that, which I thought was a funny moment. It reminded me of 
Into the Spider-Verse where Miles' dad drops him off at school in the police car and he's like, he calls yeah. after him, he's like, say it, say it. Ah, I love you, dad. <laughs> same <laughs> energy, just, same energy. Yeah, same energy. But then you, you, then later on, you see like, oh, the dad's left <laughs> the family. It's like, well, that's like kind of, that's kind of cold and that just puts mm, it in the yeah, spin and just, yeah, yeah that's, uh, I guess that's the thing you can do with these, um, I was going to say time travel, but he's like just non-linear plot where you can recontextualize past moments uh, and just make you think about things and again makes you want to watch it again because now i have to <laughs> now i have to watch it now i've seen everything i have to watch it again uh with with different eyes so uh mm-hmm. yeah again just being able to weave through different um emotions in this film and i did like the the role of the grandmother toa uh, i think who she was kind of in in terms of like within the story she was the one essentially holding everything together after their mother died and the dad left but then also from a storytelling perspective i feel she was the one that provided the like the clues that would be left later like the sort of the tradition the family tradition doing the 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 ritual of making that mouth sake the shrine so like everything talking about the spiritual side of what uh, Mitsuha's family is apparently able to do, like a mother and all that, she like provided those elements that the story was built around. So even like Tazzy mentioned that, even though it's kind of a non-linear plot, it didn't necessarily feel like that for a lot of it. Uh, and I think because all the elements like were there, provided by different characters, so it all just flowed uh, really well. At least that's what I thought. Because I, I think even the bits where she's talking, uh, the the grandma's talking about the past. There's a lot of things that are to do with the past. Damn, now I'm like, oh yeah, they have dropped hints. They're just that's, so, yeah, so that's what I'm subtle. <laughs> it's They're all like there. The it's all there. Subtle hints. Because <laughs> she's talking about the past and using the, the weaving is, is talking about the past and all of that is about past and you know the story about uh the shrine and da, 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 da. They're, they're all about the past so it's kind of just there <laughs> but obviously it's how all of that really helps taki to find mitsuha and where mitsuha is from so oh my god and, and even so one of mitsuha's friend uh what was his name Tishi yeah is that Tishi, yeah so he's the one because he he said something earlier on about this occult magazine. because oh. <laughs> I, I I remember at the time I thought that was a weird thing to be into. But oh then, yeah. yeah. But then you kind of like oh right because then because he's the one who's just in on the the plan that Taki has meets her. Yeah, he's just not even questioning it. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're So. <laughs> He's just into it. This is like, oh yeah, because he's the kind of the the odd one of the three and everything like that. And he's also into he's like a some kind of engineer or he's he's working with construction. Construction with yeah. his dad. Yeah. yeah. And he's working yeah. with explosives. Yeah. Yeah. So then it just it works later on. It's like, I don't know, but this is how you put together a story. You just put those elements in there. It's not necessarily signposted, but it the elements are mm-hmm. there. And they all make complete sense like none of them are like like none of them seem out of context you know sometimes something's put in it it's just for mechanic's sake yeah and you're like okay but all of these they make perfect sense like his they live in a small town his dad's a contractor you know they mentioned that 
oh look, the the contractor and the politician politician's kids are friends. So it's just like making it make perfect sense. And then when it's like, and it's a small town, obviously he's going to take over his dad's role. That's what happens. Like, it just all makes sense. It's not like, well, why has this random kid got explosives? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're like, yeah. oh no, small town, you would, that's what would happen. Like, mm. Yeah, it's it's all there. And like from a, a theme perspective, even Mickey is like her, her character is needed because she is... Because she's the one that, like I mentioned, all the other waiters, like everyone is attracted to. And maybe on the, the surface, she seems like the one you would be attracted to and you want to sort of uh, go out with. But when Taki does, it's like, oh, I'm not here. I'm not here in this moment. Like literally, he's not here in, <laughs> in this moment. Um, and there's someone else. And it's about the, like, I guess the right person or the, the person that fits uh, for you rather than the one that everyone else wants. And then she even spots that is like you're not that into the into this so uh she's there for a reason as well because he has to go and find the person that he has been searching for so yeah like all the characters kind of just everyone everyone fits together everyone <laughs> makes sense it's just mm -hmm. and it all adds to the to the themes and speaking of themes i feel we can definitely talk about some themes in in this story and just how how things are put together so you have the like Tazzy mentioned the ribbon that's like there you've got this union between the two people so um, Mitsuha has the ribbon in her hair she gives it to uh, Taki and even with the grandmother like we talked about the their ritual is um thread weaving weaving so even that is all like the threads between people the union between people uh, this idea of um like two parts of a whole uh, like even like the um, uh, the meteor I think they I can't remember somewhere in the film they talked about like the nucleus I think it's in the context of the meteor or the comet that uh, that splits and I remember there's a moment where Taki I think when in the restaurant he's wearing like a, a t-shirt with like a half moon on it and it's like everything's this this half or this this part of a whole that has to fit together um, which is really, uh, really cool. And then you yeah, had like sort of deeper things like the idea of Taki drinking the sake, which is linked to Mitsuha. So it's very much like everything is part of a, a wider whole, which is very interesting in different ways that it was put into the film. Yeah, like constantly reiterating that. Do you guys have like a, a all the saying like, Two soulmates are connected by red ribbons or red thread. Not that I've heard. No. I've only ever seen that in anime, the red thread. Yeah. Well, that's maybe that's Japanese, like old saying, like, uh, you know, it's nowadays people still use it, like, uh, if you met with someone, like, uh, you know, destiny, and then your friends want to say, oh, that's you guys are tied by the red thread. Which means you guys have to meet each other in sometimes on your lifetime, and because you guys are soulmate, that's uh, those uh, threat theme in uh, your name really makes sense of that because Taki and uh, Mita really like soulmates, and then they have to meet somewhere, even though time scales different. But uh, you know they are connected with like thread, red thread. It'd be really nice, like you know, putting the theme in 
like this. Because mm. I've, the first time, I think it was the first time I saw like red threads like representing the soul was in Bleach. Ah, yes. Yeah, so I was like, ah, must be a, must be a Japanese thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I sort of like, when I watched this, I was like, I don't know about the red threads. <laughs> Thanks, Bleach. <laughs> right, yeah. I think like, there's another anime that I've seen it in, but I just can't remember which anime. Ah, uh, it was a really popular thing to pick up when you want to talk about that your souls are really connected to each other. Then we often use a red thread or red ribbon to present it. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even know that. And it still made sense to me. Because <laughs> the yeah, films are so well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh the other thing that it um like this is not necessarily a theme thing but uh i'll go to a theme thing but just in in manga and anime where in terms of storytelling there's a focus on the on like the scenery like setting the scene so there are so many moments where you're looking like as it as the scene changes and you have shots that that focus on items and a sense of place so like at the beginning, there was like breakfast being made and you have that close up of the frying pan and the eggs or when people are drawing, you have like the close up of the pencil strokes and when they're doing like the rituals and everything. It's I always like that in, in, in manga and, and anime, just that additional time and energy being given to just a grounding in a, in a sense of place. So that's just a general thing. But in the other thing that was specific to this, there was a lot of focus on, on doors closing and oh. like lines so yeah. there's a lot of like sliding doors in the home or trains being sort of slid and then uh, obviously when they were in that twilight that magic slash golden slash whatever hour you had the lines like between the the time or the line there's one line between them um when they could and couldn't see each other so that whole idea of these separate worlds uh, and one on each side of it, but yeah, there's a lot of lot of closing doors in this in this thing. So, but yeah, all just kind of added to a sense of place. But also, I think feel added that particular aspect with the doors, like added to the the theme of these two separate um, people. You're showing the distance between them. They never be able to be in yeah. the same time scale. <laughs> Until they were like that final sequence where they were searching for each other. That was like a like you. If that moment ended without them, <laughs> without them, yeah, meeting, no, I was that, that yeah. be that's a riot happening. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking, same, yeah, come on, yeah. run. <laughs> I, that that ending that scene was just it's feels so magical and beautiful. So I feel like I'm just using the same words to describe it, but there's no other words that really capture it. <laughs> it was really magical, yeah. But that moment was just like so satisfying. It was like destiny clicked into place, like, and then again, they're crying. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it just, it really teased that moment because they, they kind of like, they almost met, they sort of passed, one recognised, the other kind of recognised, but not at the same it's time. It was day, yeah. Yeah. She was with the umbrella. They with the umbrella, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then, because just before the umbrella scene, um, Taki's sitting in like a cafe or something and the two friends talking about their wedding and then he oh, hears them yeah. say their names. Yes. And he's like, what? Like, 
you know, it, it triggers something in his brain. He's like, I know those names, but he can't. He can't remember. Oh my god, <laughs> he can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the first part. That was like, follow those people. <laughs> just, yeah, just get up and follow those people, and um, yeah, then they eventually, yeah, find each other, and like you say, this like destined to meet uh, at the end. But and then the other thing I was thinking as I was watching is, is uh, I guess a, a, just another difference between Japanese maybe Japanese storytelling, at least in terms of like some anime and, and Western storytelling where the film ends when they finally meet. If this was a uh, Western story, you feel there'd be more, I don't know, more. I guess more of a physical attraction or an, a, a relationship based on sort of physical attraction, whereas this didn't necessarily, or didn't focus on that other than when Taki was touching everything when uh, <laughs> but yeah <laughs> apart from that so it was very much a but like that wasn't a specific to her situation though it's just like i'm a boy and there are there are boobs and this is absolutely fascinating what, yeah that's what, yeah. Yeah, what this is about yeah <laughs> so i totally, totally get that um but in terms of like the relationship the relationship is really like a, a way deeper than just a yeah. sort of physical relationship There's and not I find even any com- I think there's one comment about looks between them two. Mm. Throughout, I'm pretty sure there's only one comment throughout the whole thing, and that's when yeah. she cuts her hair. Yeah, and that's a good I'm point. trying to. I can't think if I there is any, any other thing uh-huh. that points to that. Even you know, the there's nothing. That is the only thing. So yeah, I feel there's a there's something to learn there <laughs> from uh, from many perspectives. But yeah, just the idea of it's not just about that it's there's a there's a deeper thing to it where obviously this film focused on it but even i mean we've spoken about what was the other our uh, princess mononoke where prince uh ashitaka and mononoke i guess get together but it's not like a again it's not like a, just a physical kind of i am now yours and we're gonna go off together like that film ended with them essentially going their separate ways but still having mm. that that bond and still that bond between each other so i quite like that take in terms of like relationships in films rather than what can tend to be a more simple <laughs> simplified perception in western films maybe setting a bad pres- president perspective i don't know what the word yes. i'm looking for is but you get what i mean bad president yes president oh he's president yeah that's what i'm looking for <laughs> right <laughs> an unrealistic standard there you go yeah, expectation, that's the word. Expectations, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah oh. So an expectation, so... And then the worst bit is they then call it love, and it's like, it's not what it is, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Anyway, that's a whole different topic. That's, yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I like that the, the focus here was, was um, way more meaningful uh, in terms of this, and then just the film is way more engaging because of it. But yeah, what they had to meet because like that would have uh, just been upsetting if they didn't if they didn't meet in the end. But the other, uh, I think one of the last themes uh, that I had was idea of fate or destiny that we mentioned because I guess they were it's interesting because they were they were destined to meet almost, but then they also changed the fate of the town because yes. essentially they the town they were dead. <laughs> the town was gone. And Taki has traveled back in time and changed the future for mm. uh, Mitsuha and uh, the town of Itamore. So it's kind of the idea you can you can change your future 
but it also yeah. you're destined to meet that person i loved how they done this like corrected something in the past because obviously we'd already seen like this many people had died da, 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 da. yeah like it was a horrible catastrophe it was in the books it's in the books it's in the records we've already before we get to this point we've already oh no we haven't no because it happens well while this whole bit's going on and then like the messages start disappearing from his phone so that moment is like oh it adds to this the sort of rules of the world that things can be rewritten and that things like because obviously we know their memories forget but that it's not just their memories it's like that completely stops existing it's not just their memories of it the the messages will stop existing so we know that any like physical evidence can be removed and then obviously we go through that whole motion of of seeing what had happened and then going back at back through the connection and warning them all and then that whole beautiful moment but then when we go back to, when we jump to the future he's talking about his obsession with that incident and then it shows us like oh thankfully like they were holding an emergency evacuation that day and so like most of the people survived da, da, da. so the way that it like because the question would be but you know, but it said that there was people dead. Like, how how does no one else remember this? And da, da, da. But obviously you're then seeing, like, no, everything gets rewritten. Like, this is time being rewritten. And I just, I really liked how they done it. And I really liked how they slipped it in. Like, they didn't blatantly go, like, everyone survived, by the way. They were like, it was all linked to him forgetting and trying to remember and what happened at that time. And again, like you say, foreshadowing, because earlier in the film, they showed you what happened when... Like you say, not only did he forget, but the messages, you saw the messages disappearing. So you saw time being rewritten. So that later when it's like, oh, they were holding a, uh, they coincidentally were holding an emergency drill thing. And then that the records changed. So just, yeah, it's so well done. Any final thoughts or even like favorite moments? I feel there's, there's so much like we can. Yeah. Is there, Inco, I don't know, is there any particular moments that stood out to you? Um, except for the whole the whole thing. Yeah, I got two points particularly stood up for me is that one is the scene Taki is drinking the sake, uh, which is the mouth sake. And then I would think, I think there's many Japanese people probably agree with me. And then he's being served for the shrine, but wouldn't touch it. It's just a big taboo. So <laughs> I don't know how Taki managed to have a guts to even touching that. Things <laughs> at the shrine because and it was, it was still people, those people still believe that if you touch anything served for the shrine, you, you'll get some kind of the punishments, right? That kind of thing. Oh, so right. People were really scared of it. So it's just, I'm sure so many people, especially younger ones, don't touch it. <laughs> so that's how amazing. So I think some of the friends, my friends said, yeah, I think so too, because uh, you know, really think that's a huge taboo to touch anything in a shrine but yeah unless you are uh, the owner of a shrine or you are some kind of person who's on a particular level of that serving shrine you can't really touch them yeah and uh, what was the other point the other point that was really something that really stood out for me ah uh, is that the film uh, the first half of the film until 
So Taki finds out that Aoricho is the city of Itomori was actually destroyed. It was like a light-hearted, funny up comedy. And then I just thought, that, oh, that would be like you know, maybe Mitsuha found someone like you know, person of the destiny soulmate. Then that's really lovely. Maybe the, that is the reason their bodies swapped. Then after I find out that Itomori is completely destroyed and then people died, and then you start thinking, is it the reason their bodies swap? Maybe is that the whole cause of the body swapping? Maybe because of Taki to come back to three years back, then rescue everyone in the town, to, not just the Mita, but everyone in the town to be rescued. And that's why I started thinking on the way. It's just the whole thing, whole perspective, whole perspective of thinking is completely changed after the whole big revealing of the fact. But it's two points I strongly stood out to me. I mean, even like with the shrine, I didn't know about the, the taboo thing, but <laughs> that moment stood out just because of the when he drank and then he went sort of back and he saw the whole history the animation style like switched up and changed and that whole sequence was really visually interesting in an already visually stunning film Mm -hmm. but that kind of took a different approach to like animation so i thought that was a really interesting cool moment there Mm, that moment like i feel like they could have had no words and it still made per- would have made perfect sense. You would have understood yeah. what's going on. Was- a lot of this film just felt. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go a different direction because I feel like I have highlighted quite a few moments and then <laughs> you've both said some excellent moments. And mine is going to be purely on a transition that I was like, I need to use that in a video. <laughs> it's such a small moment, but I was like, huh, that was smart. Um, it's when... in the cafe I think I don't know if it's the first body swap but it's the first time she went to Tokyo it was like when she was in Tokyo as Taki but you know how she takes a picture of the food all the time so I think she takes a picture of the food and then when the phone's removed the food is gone and like (laughs) literally I was here and I was like wow (laughs) I was like that's so good (laughs) really quick way to tell that's already eaten though yeah Yeah. and it was really enjoyed and yeah so i just quite quite like that yeah i mean there's tons of like beautiful emotional moments and but i feel like that's the whole film so i wanted to so i've got a kind of sad thing that sort of stood out where towards the end when the grandmother realizes that uh, she's not talking to mitsuha and i think she talks about the family and I didn't quite, because I had to think about this after watching it, but um, she was essentially saying that this has happened before, yeah. but it wasn't picked up. And I thought that was kind of a, a sad moment where you're, because the film is about the two people finding their, their soulmates and it's like this missed opportunity in the past, especially when you see the dad <laughs> and uh, the dad leaving <laughs> as well. So that was kind of a, a sad moment in that in that film like what that meant when the the grandmother says like your the mother had disability as well or i can't remember the exact phrase i think she just had that had this experience, experience. and then it had okay. like and then it panned like to the ceiling where there was like the black and white photos of everyone like the generations and it like happened multiple times but then because i think some there's a there's a comment after that 
it's like I think it might be in the same conversation it's like maybe all of these people was leading up to this moment to save everyone now oh wow because the comet also comes like what once every thousand years or something and it was like that was as far back as the incidences had happened or something like that Mm. Mm. and i'll give like one minor but randomly stood out to me is again when meets her i think it was her first time or the first time we see her in taki's body and she's talking to taki's friends and i think she's forgotten lunch yeah that's so cute yeah lovely friends honestly yeah i'll just just, uh, make you a sandwich and i just uh, thought oh that's really nice because it again to the point about sort of changing perspectives i feel for her and to have these guys be like quite nice to give give up some of their sandwich mm. not sure i would have done that but it was a nice uh nice thing to like to do and maybe change your perspective of guys or at least these guys uh anyway so yeah that was a nice moment as well yeah that was so nice it was like nice for people to see as well just like really caring guy friends because you see those moments a lot in mediums and it's normally like the girls and their girlfriends that that happens and it was just nice because they were constantly caring about him and and that was the first moment of like no these are real friends that really do have a full concern for this guy yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. and even like to go with him on this on this journey and yeah they're just like yeah we're just here (laughs) covering the the work knowing where they work like just genuine concern throughout the film these oh it's beautiful (laughs) (laughs) word of the day beautiful yeah so yeah that's what we thought of your name if you couldn't tell it uh struck a chord so yeah we'll end it there because otherwise we could just go on and on about how great this film is uh but let us know what you think and what you uh picked up uh, in terms of themes or characters or just the art the look the feel everything in this film as always you can send us your feedback on this episode's story discussion before we wrap i want to make sure don't leave without giving a storytelling tip each time we do a deep dive on the podcast i like to pull out a storytelling tip for others to consider when making their stories so this is a consideration from someone who also creates stories and likes to learn from techniques or mistakes of others. Uh, I feel there's no mistakes here, so we're just going to go into uh, techniques. But um, we talked about this story being a non-linear narrative that potentially could be difficult to follow in places because events are jumping around across places and time. So why would you do that? With non-linear narratives, it's a technique where events and stories are presented out of chronological order. So it can potentially give the effect of being uh, disjointed, especially on first viewing. So it's the kind of film that you want to watch again to make sense of the pieces that you saw. And the reason is the reason it feels sort of disjointed is that the natural way we tell a story is in chronological order, i.e. the order in which things happened, which just makes sense. Uh, it's also a similarly natural way stories are told in threes or beginning, middle and end. So you miss out one, it doesn't feel right. And in both sense, as humans, we just come to expect that. So it's not a very common technique, but maybe more common than you think uh, to go against the grain. So why would you do that? Uh, novelty is one reason, 
but shouldn't be the only one. And when I was thinking about this, uh, my mind immediately went to Quentin Tarantino, who's done it with films like Reservoir Dogs, uh, to reveal key moments around a diamond heist, Pulp Fiction, one of my favorite films, and this non-linear narrative, which is used to further characterization for both Vincent and Jules. So I remember watching Pulp Fiction time ago and thinking that this film is kind of all over the place, but I still loved it. Uh, only later realizing that's because, as we discussed for your name, all the elements are there. They're just not necessarily in the standard order. So with Pulp Fiction, you have Jules surviving a shootout and believing that he and Vincent were saved from death by divine intervention. Uh, we see Vincent, who takes that same miracle as a freak accident and continues on devaluing life. And then we later see him killed by Butch the next day. Spoiler alert for um, Pulp Fiction. I don't know how old that film is, but if you haven't seen it, there you go. Because we've already seen Vincent's death, we look at his decision to ignore Jules's perceived miracle in different perspectives. So we see a bit more of him uh, as a character. Uh, another one when it comes to non-linear non narratives is Christopher Nolan, who is executed well in Interstellar and Memento, both great films, uh, especially Memento. I think it's, that was his first film. So the latter, Memento, being a story that not only goes backwards, but also flashes sideways as it reveals more about the Sammy Jenkins character. So Memento is a story about someone with amnesia that has left him without short-term memory. So the protagonist, Lenny, is confused as he retraces his steps, and Christopher Nolan is forcing the audience to feel the same, as we also don't know what's happening, but have to put the pieces together along with Lenny, uh, as they're revealed every time Lenny wakes up. The other se uh, series and films that do it, uh, Watchmen, plays with time, and even comedy shows like Family Guy make use of the technique with its cutaway punchlines that take us out of the main timeline to something that completely different just to make uh, the joke work. So back to your name, and it's using this non-linear narrative to weave fantastical elements like time travel because Mitsuha exists three years behind Taki and the story jumps between those time periods. So your name doesn't necessarily flow in chronological order, but all the pieces are there. And that's one of the reasons why we enjoyed it uh, so much as the events unfold. And in addition to that, the differences in time between the characters uh, also serves to further the story's wider themes of love being able to transcend time. So there's another reason there. So if you're considering putting together a non-linear plot, here are some things you can think about uh, for your narrative. So number one is to get your structure right. So this can be a tip for many techniques, but is even more important here. So just because a story's events are presented out of chronological order, it doesn't mean it aren't all there. So as we talked about, all the elements have to be there and you still have to have a well-structured story in order to be able to move around pieces without having the whole things fall apart. And uh, number two is to link the narrative with your themes. So like I gave some examples with Memento and Your Name as well. So even though scenes are presented out of chronological order, uh, their ordering still adds to the story's themes. So whether it's about trying to make a character and audience feel disoriented or love transcends time so there's a reason there to 
put things out of order. Number three is to raise key story questions. And a really good way to hook an audience is to pose questions in your story that they will want answered. So flashbacks or flash forwards are great for this when used properly. So it's something uh, I was playing around with in the Maya Matter story, Hot Lunch, raising questions about the protagonist Taishi's father by flashing back to different moments in young Taishi's life. So hopefully raising questions that people will want to have answered and I'm still working on writing the rest of that story. So I'm going to get to that. And last, number four, what's the purpose? So like I mentioned, novelty shouldn't be the only reason to go for a non-linear narrative. So before you go down that road, think about why you're doing this. Will this build characterization? Will it develop a theme or create interesting story questions? If there's no clear answer, then you may want to hold off until one does come. Uh, so that is the tip for this week around making non-linear narratives. As uh, always, there'll be a video of this tip later on YouTube, and you can send us your storytelling tips to be read out on the show. So whether it's a comic, manga, video game, book, something else, send them to feedback at myamada.com or join in uh, our Discord and let us know there. So that's the story tip for this episode. Tazzy, let's check in with our guest. So we like to give a bit of a shout out to our guests at this point of the podcast and find a bit about what they're up to and where you can find them. So Inko, what projects have you got coming up at the moment? Okay, uh, the one particular one coming up is uh, the end of this month, uh, 30th of September, my book finally published called uh, Learn Clip Studio Paint. Anyone who's up for the digital drawing using Clip Studio Paint, a software, that is a, I think that's the best digital software for manga or comic or graphic novel creating. So um, if you have one or if you're thinking of buying one, this is really like a good manual to start with. Um, it's, it works like a dictionary of the, you know, you can switch or skip chapters. Uh, you can get key sections you really want to know so you don't have to read whole through but it's always good to have one i'm giving away more than 100 tips in there so uh if you it's really pr practical as well and uh so if you're thinking of buying one please get one and uh the another one is my exhibition called the yokai trail which is 13 or 14 different big printout of the japanese folklore creatures are exhibited at the moment in Blackwell Arts and Craft House in Lake District. And then that exhibition will finish in a month's time. So this time is the last chance to see them. And it's really fun it's because it's trail. You get the yokai, the Japanese folklore creature map, and you go through the beautiful mansion of the Blackwell to find out which room and where those yokai creatures you can find and then this is really fun to do it children friendly family friendly events so if you have a chance to go to lake district it'd be a nice place to visit as well it's really uh, stunning locations they, they are in there so it would be really nice to do and then just last one is just my another book we're coming out april next year uh, it's called the tale of genji which is the Japanese oldest novel uh, written by Murasaki Shikibu, which is manganized 
uh, into the one book. So if you are a bit interested in Japanese culture generally, or if you want to uh, taste of the what's made of Genji's, it would be nice to have one. And lastly, where can everyone find you? Oh yeah, so, so you can find me on my Instagram, which is inko underbar and then you can find my artworks there, and you can also jump to my uh, website. There's a link there, and, and of course from my website you can go. To, you can find me on Twitter, Twitter, or of course the websites are of course artworks, and then there are this, yeah new events coming up, uh, new workshop I'm doing. Then uh, you can get more information out of it. Right, thank you. Thank you very much. We will put the links to into the um, show notes and description. So if you want to check Inco out, make sure you follow those. Go, go check it out. Please. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thank you, Inco, for uh, joining us and giving us uh, your perspective on your name. Thank you for having me. Uh, that was really enjoyable. And it was great to talk to you guys about uh, your name. So much fun. Thank you. Definitely. So like I say, I think it's one of the best uh, stories we talked about on this podcast. So, but we have done a lot of other stories. Um, so if you enjoyed this episode, definitely make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a future episode and can go back and listen to all the other uh, episodes too. You can also give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever they let you rate and review podcasts. So this helps us reach new listeners and fans of story discussion. So I mentioned earlier that we have our new manga that is coming, been written by myself, illustrated by Penali, and also with a variant cover artwork by Inko. So yeah, it's all in there and it's, and it's coming. So we've got that available for pre-order on the website. We also have our current stories from the Maya Matter universe at mayamatter.com forward slash manga. So you can just dive in there with whichever book takes your, takes your fancy. And if you're into video games, make sure you join our Gamepad Discord community and also check out our monthly Studio 77 events. You can consider becoming a member for exclusive access to Gamepad events and content from the Maya Mada universe. So we release new episodes of the podcast on Thursdays that include creator interviews, video game discussions, and deep dives into stories across pop culture. You can always give us a shout directly. Our email address is feedback at mayamada.com and our website with links to subscribe is mayamada.com forward slash story x story uh, thank you for tuning in until next time stay safe and stay out of other people's shrines because apparently that's not a, uh, that's not a done thing so don't do it take care everyone mm-hmm.